welcome everybody to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network, and we begin talking about something that happened over 230 years ago. On July 14th, Bastille Day, July 14th, 1789, it was the day that French radicals raided the Bastille prison to free prisoners who were supposedly being tortured by Louis XVI's palace guards. No such torture ever took place. I remember reading a report decades ago, early 80s maybe. When officials showed up at the Bastille, they found four forgers, two common thieves, and a count incarcerated for, I think, were monstrous crimes against his family. None of the abuse took place the way these people were led to believe. They were, they were ginned up. They were all torched up and ready to go. It's fake news, basically. It was fake news in 1789. The French Revolution was a war against the established order. It was a battle between good and evil, light and darkness. It wasn't about the peasantry rising up against their oppressors. There was a huge disparity in income, to be sure. But France was a very Catholic nation. Louis XVI and his wife, Marie Antoinette, ran the country. Not too well. Louis XVI was a, was a weak leader. But France was a, a very uh, healthy nation. The population was rising. People were working. It was a, a, The whole thing was a sham. So why am I mentioning the French Revolution in July of 2022? Because I think we're up against some of the same forces. The same kinds of radicals are trying to destroy America as they did France. And from the French Revolution, the original French Revolution, France has yet to recover. There were revolutions after that. It was only Napoleon who, in the early 1800s, rescued France, saved France from itself, basically. Louis XVI and his wife, Marie Antoinette, were executed by a guillotine as the radical Jacobins murder their way into power. It's been said the, the River Seine ran red with the blood of 20,000 Frenchmen who were murdered by the radical Jacobins. And they're in their rallying cry, the Jacobins, was liberté, égalité, fraternité. The left is great at, at creating slogans. Now, we love liberty here in America. Do we want liberty from God's law? No, we want to be subject to God's law. How about equality? Equality is a scourge in modern America. That's all we hear about. The lack of equality, the lack of equity in any number of things, in employment, in uh, in sports, in politics, there's just a lack of equity. People of color don't fare well in America. That's all we hear about. Or liberté, égalité, fraternité. Fraternity, another way to say that is, is brotherhood. We hear so much about the brotherhood of man. What is the brotherhood of man? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the brotherhood of man as long as it's under the fathership of God. But that's not what the radicals then or now have in mind. They want a brotherhood of nations under a new world order, which is not of God. It's of Satan. And the UN was set up to bring this new world order into being. I don't know why I'm going down this road. It's, this, this show is not going to deal with the French, French Revolution, but I just find it interesting. I've always marked July 14th as a very important day. And some of the philosophical antecedents of the French Revolution, some of the uh, intellectuals of the time were Rousseau, Voltaire in France, Frederick II of Prussia, Diderot, a Frenchman, 
Voltaire once said that ideas rule the world. And he was right. Ideas indeed do rule the world. Whose ideas do you want to rule the world? What, con- what concepts, what, what ideology do you want to rule the world? Well, Voltaire was a, a brilliant man. And, and it's been said that if he had used the gifts God had given him, he could have been one of the greatest men who ever lived. But he turned out to be an evil man, as was Rousseau. And the revolution they championed was a terrible, terrible thing that happened. And uh, July 14th, radicals the world over celebrate Bastille Day, as they do uh, May 1st. Most of communists and socialists around the world celebrate May 1st, May 1, May Day. Most of them don't know why they celebrate it. And I'm not going to go into it now because it's, it's, it's a long it's a long story. Anyway, um, but just to continue on that theme, here in modern America, I was I was reading a book that I'd read years ago, and it's by Dr. Sterling Lacey. And there's one s- small chapter in here about the uh, the American family and the conspiracy against the American family. Now, this guy's a professional, or was, I think he's still around, a professional marriage counselor. And he was uh, excited. He said he went to this uh, conference on the family. It was sponsored by one of his professional associations. Once he was there, though, he said he, he s- sat shocked. He was in disbelief. The opening speaker applauded the death of the traditional American family. And this guy had to sit through this, Dr. Sterling, for three days. Or it's Dr. Sterling Lacey. Three days and three nights listening to this stuff. Homosexuality was defended as an alternative lifestyle. Parental authority was undermined. Moral values uh, he writes, were held to uh, to be autonomous. In other words, do your own thing. Situa- situational ethics, right and wrong are never absolutes. Public education exists to channel a generation of youth into more enlightened living. There's that word enlightened. The French Revolution ushered in the age of enlightenment. There was nothing enlightening about what the French Revolution ushered in. But we're still hearing those those phrases. Look, look at it. Look at it this way. Throughout history, evil men have conspired to enslave free people. It went on then. It's going on today. It'll go on until the Lord returns. I think the most powerful desire that drives man is the the, the uh, desire to control other men, and that's what's happening. I think in America, we have a political class who wants to control every aspect of our lives. That I think we need to uh, we need to pay attention to what's happening, and we need to start at our local level, because as Dr. Lacey wrote, family is where life makes up its mind. Unless the family is weakened, morals stay strong, and strong families tend to teach and perpetuate a strong religious faith. Good families, strong morality, and faith in God have always been the absolute enemies of tyranny. Is what he wrote, and he's right. So there's, there are the battlegrounds between freedom and slavery. They were drawn in 1789. They were drawn during our revolution. As long as I mentioned May 1st, I might as well continue and just finish up on that thought. 1776, a man by the name of Adam Weishaupt established an ambitious conspiratorial plan to rule the world. Now, he wasn't going to be around to see, its, uh, see it come to fruition, and it hasn't come to fruition yet. And, you know, hopefully we stay informed and prepared. We won't become slaves. Because I think a lot of people in this country want to vote themselves into slavery. And it's the job of every conservative to make sure that doesn't happen. 
But I'll just continue here reading a little bit from uh, Dr. Lacey's book. He talks about the French Revolution, about Weishaupt, and his his ideas quickly penetrated uh, the academic communities at the universities in Germany, and they spread into France, and his Illuminati was largely responsible for the French Revolution and the terror, as as I mentioned, from which France has yet to recover. But the main goal of the radicals in the French Revolution, and radicals all across the world, they want to obliterate Christianity. They want to renunciate all religion, not just Christianity, but all religion. They want to deify sensuality, they want to repudiate marriage, and they want the state adoption of children. We see that in this country. Christianity is always the target. The deification of sensuality, that reminds me of during the French Revolution, the radicals put a a prostitute on the high altar at Notre Dame and worshipped her as the goddess of reason. Again, good versus evil, light versus darkness. And we see this deification of sensuality all across America, especially in our public schools. The overly uh, sexualized nature of what kids are learning in our public schools. And we're paying for it. We have a say in what our children learn in school. Don't sit passively by and let these these leftists who control most schools. Academia is controlled by the left. They're attracted to uh, government education. They're attracted to government, period. Anything public. They love the public sector because other people are paying for it. You are paying for your child's education and for other children to go to school. Make sure they're learning what you want them to learn. If they're not learning what you want them to learn, then pull them out. Try homeschooling them. It's difficult. My wife and I have done it for our four kids. Two of the uh, children are, are back in public schools because they wanted to play sports. I've talked about that a million times. I don't want to bore you with that. But I mean, if you feel the need, if you feel a pull to educate your children at home, you can do it. You don't need advanced degrees to do it. Do your children a favor. Nobody loves your children more than you do. Well, God does. But nobody on this side of heaven loves your children more than you. You're going to make sure they get the best education. Every parent wants that for their child or or children. All right, enough on the French Revolution. A couple of things I wanted to mention. Two of my favorite actors passed away recently. James Caan, who was 82, uh, passed away. And uh, he, what a, what a, Incredible body of work James Caan left behind. Brian Song was one of my favorite TV movies. I think he won, either he won an Emmy for Brian Song or was up for an Emmy. He played uh, uh, Chicago Bears fullback Brian Piccolo, who passed away of cancer at the age of 26. James Caan played uh, Piccolo and and uh, Gail Sayers was played by Billy DeWilliams, Williams, who passed away recently, maybe uh, two, three years ago, maybe longer, I forget. But the two of them, that was one of the greatest TV movies I've ever seen. And I still, when I watch that movie, and I've seen it 20 or 30 times, uh, Bernie Casey was in it, and uh, who else? I forget. Uh, It was just a fabulous TV movie. Maybe an hour and 15 minutes long, an hour and 10 minutes long. But I mean, I I used to bawl like a baby when I watched that. The two became friends. I mean, very close friends. And in those days, the late 1960s, blacks and whites didn't, didn't room together. And Sayers and Piccolo, they were, they roomed together. They were good friends. And, uh, and the rest is history. But uh, Billy DeWilliams played, played Sayers just unbelievably. And, and, and uh, James Caan, I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you, a friend of mine in radio used to tell me years ago, he, he said, you know, you look like James Caan. This was back in the 80s when I did look like James Caan, when James Caan looked like James Caan back in the 80s. And I always remembered that. And, you know, I took that as a, as a compliment. James Caan was a, was a good looking guy in his day. And uh, not just Brian Song, but of course, he played Sonny in The Godfather a year later, I think 72. And uh, that was the first Godfather. He was, you know, blown away. He got shot like 60 times. And, of course, uh, Misery with Kathy Bates. If you ever get a chance to see a, just a terrifying movie, Kathy Bates in Misery was just uh, frightening. Tremendous movie. And, of course, The Elf later on with uh, Will Ferrell. So uh, James Kahn passing at 82. And Gregory Itzen, uh, who played uh, President Logan on TV's 24, which was the greatest, in my view, the, one of the greatest TV shows, if not the greatest of its genre, 24, in the early 2000s. Greg Eitzen passed away uh, a week or so ago at the age of 74. I guess he died during emergency surgery. He had to have a procedure, and he didn't make it through. But Logan was one of the great characters. He was a very weak president, but a very devious and just a scheming, crooked politician. And he played it to perfection. Uh, Logan was in, he appeared, I think, in seasons four, five, six, and eight. He was vice president under uh, David Palmer, and then Palmer got assassinated in season five, and then uh, so Logan took over in season five. And I mean, just phenomenal. Most people these days have Netflix. They can watch 24 or any other show anytime they want. We don't have Netflix. Uh, I don't want to go for it. It's too expensive, you know, for me. But anyway, uh, 24, great show. Gregory Itzen, 74. And, of course, Ivana Trump, Donald Trump's first wife, I think. Yeah, first wife passed away. She was 73, I think. So some very prominent people passed away in the last week or 10 days. And... uh, you know, that's life. I mean, we're all going to pass from this earth at, at one point. And uh, so as, as Benny Hill once said, live every day like it's your last, because one day you'll be right. But anyway, uh, the Major League All-Star Game, as I record this, is on tonight. So I got I to gotta end it here. And I haven't seen an All-Star Game in years. The American League, I'm, in a, I'm a big American League fan. I don't think the American League has won the All-Star Game in four or five years. And when I was a kid, they lost like 13, 15 games in a row. Then they went through a stretch where they won like a dozen years in a row. So I don't think there's any any truth to the fact that whoever wins uh, the All-Star game, whatever league wins, is, is the better league. I think right now there's so much parity. You know, players are jumping from one team to another. It's, it's It doesn't really matter anymore. But it's fun to watch. All-Star game on tonight. And the Yankees are, I, I've, I've been told, I, I used to keep closer tabs on the Yankees. I think they're eight or ten games in front. First place in the American League East. The Red Sox, I think, are in the middle of the pack, maybe fourth, which is all I care about, the Yankees and Red Sox. If they finish ahead of the Red Sox, then I'm happy. It's been a successful season. All right, hey, listen to all the fine shows we have on the BMG Network. We have this program, Pac-Man, with me, Ted Flint, which airs Wednesdays. My daughter, Madeline, does a show called The Essentials with Maddie Flint. That airs on Fridays. And Ken Burns, I believe, is back doing shows. Adrian Ross, she's back up and... uh, Stronger than ever, doing a show every Tuesday. So we have other shows, too, in, in, in the columns up there on the, uh, the network you can read. Go to the BMG Network and look up the PAC perspective. And if you like this program, hit like. Please hit subscribe and share with your friends on Facebook and on social media. Thank you very much for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. 
The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. <laughs>